Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, New Zealand, and welcome to The Standoff, your rugby league show, uh, which will bring you all the latest news, uh, wrapping up of round 10, a preview of round 11, um, here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, I'm always joined here on a Wednesday evening by my fellow colleague, Mr. Brad Inger. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. Uh, the matches were a bit of a mixed bag this week, but I'm looking forward to talking about them tonight. Yeah, look, um, we've got a few uh, blowouts and um, a few close close games, which was um, quite good to see as well. So, yeah, we've got uh, definitely a lot to talk about. Like I said, um, we're here every Wednesday on Facebook. Um, you can also catch us on our uh, via podcast, Brad. Yeah, that's right. Just remember to search for New Zealand Radio Sport. Uh, Sport Radio, sorry, um, at iHeartRadio. And look, we'll cover off all the um, international news as well. We've got a little bit of that today. So um, we'll cover off what's happening uh, internationally as well as um, in the women's game as well. So, hey, look, uh, let's crack into the top stories of the week. Um, Brad, what do we have first and foremost? Yeah, um, we're talking about um, Tom Trevojevic. He had a little bit of a hiccup in um, training this week. Um, with his hamstring and looks like he's going to be set back. Originally it was reported he his season could be over, but there was a late update today that it isn't that bad and he should be back by round 15. Right, yes, the, he certainly um, mainly have been waiting for him, but um, I guess um, even without his presence there, they managed to um, have a hard-fought victory versus the Eels over the weekend, which we will uh, cover off a little bit later. So, um, yeah, uh, Tommy, Turbo Tommy, they, they, are, they are desperately wanting him back. And um, obviously, yeah, he'll, he'll be, I guess, stroll straight into the Blues um, outfit along with his brother, who had an amazing game on the weekend. We've we'll, we'll got a little bit to talk about him as well a little bit later on. So, um, look, yeah, uh, we can't wait to see him back on the on, on the pitch because he certainly uh, did set you know the world on fire with his runs and his his, his attacking ability um, late last season and early this season, Brad. Yeah, definitely, it'll be good to see him back. Just um, make sure he comes back after the Warriors game. Well, yes, we'll all cover off the Warriors a little bit later on as well, and we would like to see him back after the Warriors game. I mean, I don't know if it's going to make too much a difference, too much of a difference, to be honest. But we'll cover that off as well, ladies and gentlemen. So please stay tuned in. I'm um, here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, hey, look, Paul Green has also been next. Uh, next... Sorry, what was that? Um, you go ahead, Brad. 
I guess to say the next big story was um, Paul Green um, no longer being the the Cowboys head coach. Um, he resigned after the game this week. Um, Josh Hanna is the interim coach till the end of the year, and it'll be interesting to see who they're going to bring in um, to re reinvigorate this team. Um, I know Justin uh, Jonathan Thurston is interested in helping in some coaching capacity, but in terms of head coach, there's a lot of names. Anthony Griffin is is a big name people are talking about. Um, be interesting. Paul Green, obviously, now he's got a lion's share of other jobs to pick as well. People are talking about him for the Warriors job, um, the Bulldogs. Um, so could be some interesting time in the next couple of weeks. What was your thoughts about Paul Green dropping off? Yeah, I think um, a couple of these decisions will be made. Like, obviously, Dean Pay last week. Um, Seabold, well, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, obviously, Kearney uh, being sacked earlier this year. And, of course, now Paul Green resigning. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, would they be looking at Stephen Kearney as a possible coach up there in North Queensland? Uh, I, I I don't think so. But, um, yeah, you, you never know. Like, we, we should find the answers to those other remaining uh, three clubs, the Warriors, the Cowboys, um, and uh, who else do we have? The Warriors, the Cowboys, and the Broncos. Yes, well, I mean, obviously that that's a, a deal waiting to, um, you know, we're, we're waiting in the balance in terms of the next ten games of the season. It's quite a um, really big call from uh, the, the the head guys at the Broncos. So we'll we'll jump into that a little bit. But yeah, um, hey, interim coach Josh Hannay is keen for JT to help out um, up at the Cowboys. I don't know how much JT has um, sort of come out and said that he's willing to do, or if he is available. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but they are a struggling side at the moment. Um, so And we'll cover off their game um, on the weekend as well. Um, so, yeah, um, going forward, we have SBW news um, for you Sonny Bill Williams fans out there. Uh, there are NRL teams that are keen for him to play because he is not able to play due to the Wolfpack's absence in the Super League this year. They have decided not to travel to the United Kingdom and they will be not they will not be participating in that particular event this year. So um, SBW um, coming down under potentially, Brad. Potentially, yes. Um, there's quite a few teams that are interested. The Warriors, obviously, one of them. The Bulldogs. Um, the Roosters are even interested. Um, I've in the in the rumor mill heard that Sonny Bill, if he is interested, he's really only interested in playing for the Roosters. Um, yeah, that sounds about the, right. Yeah, um, the Roosters don't really need him. Um, I know Paul Gallen came out and said. He's not the Sonny Bill that was there in 2014. I think I think if he was to play, it would be better if he was joining one of those bottom teams that are struggling. But with all the quarantine, he's basically only going to be there for the last five games of the round. And those, those teams like the Warriors, the Cowboys, the Bulldogs, five games to go, they've really got nothing left um, to oh, play it's for. It's just a waste so of money. It's Absolutely. a waste of money, you know. I mean, I, I think him coming to the Warriors is an absurd decision if he does come. I mean, he's not going to win us a premiership. He's not. He potentially won't even help us be able to win those five games. Yes, he is a fantastic um, player and has, has got a stellar career. And I'm sure that, you know, he's still held in very high regard. And I'm sure he will make a difference if he was there. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth the money to bring him over? Um, what are the Warriors going to gain from it? He's not playing in front of the fans back here. Um, so... I would say it's a waste of money, to be perfectly honest. And I would say um, just give up on him, let another team have a crack at him. The likelihood is he'll play for an Australian-based franchise anyway. He has never shown an interest in playing for the New Zealand Warriors in the past, even though there has been a few questions um, that have been asked of him 
in terms of coming across the ditch, he simply is not interested uh, as far as I can see. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's highly unlikely you'll see him in Warriors jersey this year or any year for that matter. Exactly, exactly. And obviously moving on to another, um, you know, another uh, top story, of course, and we've been having the Seabold story um, pretty much at the front of mind for the last few weeks now. And to be honest, people are starting to get a little bit sick of it. It's getting a little bit um, tired um, of hearing the same old, same old. But basically from a five-year deal to a five-game deal is what they're saying. The the head honchos at the Broncos are giving this Harvard graduate an opportunity to win five of the last 10 games to prove that he is worth having their um, next season. And that's a big call considering, uh, you know, uh, what he has done uh, or what he hasn't done, I suppose, at the club. And um, we'll cover off a little bit more about him when we do cover off that Broncos thumping um, on the weekend uh, at the hands of the Tigers. Yeah, um, it's a bold call, but they've been needing to make a bold call for the last couple of weeks. Like you said, we've been talking about it every week. When When's enough enough? And um, the performance we'll talk about in a bit, um, I guess, was the final straw for the board. And um five games to save his job to be perfectly honest i don't see that happening um so it'll be interesting to see if they stick to their word and they they cut him loose um take that hefty um chunk of change that they're going to have to pay him to pay him out but it'll be interesting to see if they do get rid of him who they bring in yeah well that's that's the thing isn't it brad like i mean you change someone you change some uh, change the coach mid-season um, in what is a shortened season and a COVID season at that. So I don't know, what do you do? Do you, do you sort of just let them play out the year, um, you know, uh, give up on the rest of 2020 because you're not going to win the premiership? Um, try and give them another opportunity to say, hey, look, you've got the back end 10 to sort of prove your worth, prove why we um, have invested so much into you and see what happens really. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll cover off a little bit more about um, Anthony Seabold and the Brisbane Broncos a little bit more later on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, here on New Zealand Sport Radio, but um, that leads us into uh, another fascinating um, story ahead of the second half of the season, Brad. Yeah, so we've got um, the Panthers, the now top of the table Panthers. They've got some injury worries um, ahead of their game against Gold Coast. Um, Uppy Coruscant injured his elbow. Um, there's no ETA on when he'll be back. They're, they're hoping it'll just be a week and then he could be back, but um, Dean Fale and um, Dylan Edwards are out with thigh and hamstring injuries and are going to miss a few more games. So um, not that great for the Panthers, but I think they've got enough depth that they've shown with some of the young guys that step up um, to get them through the storm. But obviously they want their their top stars back as soon as possible. Yeah, it'll be interesting this one, Brad, because um, we've seen, like on the weekend, we've also seen the depleted Canberra Raiders take out the Roosters in a fantastic game at the SCG. We'll talk about that soon, folks. Um, but yeah, what I think about um, the Panthers' injury worries is that a lot of the other top teams have been tested with injury concerns um, throughout this shortened season um, due to a number of factors. Obviously, we've talked about it earlier on, the, the, the new tackle rules and so forth, but the, the game's going a little bit faster, etc. Apologies for that. And, um, yeah, basically, like, um, I think that, you know, to see Api Coruscant sidelined, uh, let's just see what that does to their go forward because he he has been an influential player, probably the, you know, the buy of the season, and um, him and Clary have just been wreaking havoc up there, up the middle. So, It'll be interesting to see, like you say, they've got a bit of depth over there. Um, Fari and Edwards, obviously, not as important losses, but still, uh, they've been playing some good football as well. So it will be interesting to see how it has an impact on the uh, Panthers' side over the next couple of weeks, and maybe um, we'll see them drop a game or two. But um, at the moment, 
um, I do see the Panthers right up there. And we've got a special section a little bit later on today, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, where we're going to discuss our potential grand finalists after 10 rounds. And um, we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later on. But Brad, you've got some news on the Walker Brothers, I understand. Um, yes, yeah, so the Walker Brothers were firming up as um, favourites to be the, the Warriors coaches for next year. It's cooled off a bit. Um, I believe they've had a, an interview, but the Warriors are saying that nothing's set in stone. I think with Green now stepping down from the Cowboys, I think it's opened up the Warriors coaching pool again. So I think any decisions probably going to be pushed out further until um, people have said uh, the Warriors have spoken to him if he's interested in the gig or not. So um, I like the Walker brothers. I think that would be an interesting style for the Warriors. Um, but it's a risky style, and I don't know if the owners um, will be confident enough to to experiment when they're dead set on making sure this Warriors team starts winning. Yeah, it's always a tricky one when you want joint coaching, uh, a joint coaching team as well. I don't know if I'm a fan of it, to be honest. I mean, you want one man who um, – possesses the skill, the experience, the tenacity uh, to get the best out of the players. And, and um, two guys up there, I'm not saying it can't be done, but, um, yeah, it, it just seems an odd, odd thing to do. Um, I know sometimes they've been joined captains, and, 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 and I think at the Cowboys there was Spence uh, and, and Thurston were joined captains, correct me if I'm wrong, um, for, for most of that 13, 14, and 15 seasons. But that was captaincy, and... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. But um, hey, look, I mean, it's, 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 it's not a decision that I have to make, thankfully. So um, we'll just have to wait and see if, see if they get the nod. Um, and uh, yeah, the, there is speculation that we should hear um, who is going to be uh, at the helm um, of the Vodafone Warriors. We should, we should hear within a month or so, within a month or so. So um, we'll keep you posted on that, folks. Um, uh, and um, the other big news, of course, into the, in terms of the coaching ranks, uh, is Trent Barrett. Uh, named as Bulldog coach um, from 2021 for a three-year deal um, after he finishes his stint as the Panthers attack coach, Brad. Yeah, that's right. So um, there were there it was a pretty big rumour up until yesterday, and then the members, the Bulldogs members, actually got an email about three hours ago confirming it before it got released to the media. So it's all it's all signed and delivered that um, he is now going to be the Bulldogs coach from next year. Obviously, the Panthers' um, attack's been going really well, and he's helped with that, so they're not willing to let him go this year. So he can't go. Um, but the the Bulldogs had the double the double whammy of news when they announced that Nick Kotrick from the Raiders is actually signed with them too. So um, he'll be wow. there next year, which... Um, That's a big is, signing. It is a big signing, yeah. So it'll be good for the Bulldogs, and I think... Getting Barrett now, um, they know they can they can actually start making some signings because they've got their their future set. They're like, this is our coach, this is what we're planning. So they might be able to do some recruiting, which they need to do for next year. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting because um, the first job that uh, Trent Barrett is going to go out and try and achieve is he's actually going to try and get Corey Harrower and Ira uh, back um, at the Bulldogs, staying at the Bulldogs as opposed to going to the Raiders, which he is destined for apparently. Um, now, I was going to cover this off a little bit later on, but um, he has been uh, coaching uh, this fellow uh, when they were at the under-20s at the Panthers. So they've got a good relationship. He knows him well, and um, he's come out and said the first thing he'll be trying to do is 
uh, you know, you know, keep his services at the club. And obviously, like he's been on that suspension um, for uh, you know those obscure events earlier on this year, and basically had his contract ripped up. Well, he's wanting to get him reinstated ASAP. And just imagine that you've got Kotrick coming, you have Haru and Ira. All of a sudden, you've got Barrett at the helm. Um, a few more changes there, less injury concerns perhaps next year, and they could be um, looking the goods in terms of starting to develop into a, a solid team. Yeah, unfortunately, though, um, the Raiders have just announced that Corey is now effectively a Raider. So it's actually oh, happened really? about half an hour. Yeah, about half an hour ago. So, wow. um, there you go. They've, um, the Bulldogs agreed to release him. So, um, yeah, unfortunately. So could, he be playing, could he be playing this weekend then, Brad? Uh, he's still got, I think, another two weeks of his ban. Um, right, right. Well, he'll make a big impact, I think, at the Raiders. That, that, that'll be good to see. Yeah, um, the Raiders have got a pretty good forward pack. So I think adding him to it, um, helping Papali and all that out will um, will help the Raiders. I know um, I've got a, a friend who who writes Raiders reviews and stuff, and he's very excited about it. Um, still very upset about losing Kotrick, but um, he, he thinks Corey can add something to their team. And speaking of the Raiders, we'll crack into our round nine, uh, sorry, our round 10 wrap-up, folks. And now on Friday night, on sorry, on Thursday night, sorry, we had the Raiders versus the Roosters in what was uh, pretty much an upset um, at the Sydney Cricket Ground, the Raiders defeating the Sydney City Roosters 24 to 20 in a um, game of belief um, and a game of um, strong mentality um, on behalf of the Canberra Raiders and their coach, Ricky Stewart. Yeah, I know uh, Ricky Stewart came out after the game and said that throughout the week, no one gave them a chance to beat the Roosters. Um, Middly, we'll talk about later in the picks. I didn't pick them. Um, but they... They took it to them. Um, they took them up the middle. The Fords dominated it, and um, they played an aggressive style, um, which I'm sure a lot of other teams will take note of. That um, that aggressive style seemed to rattle the Roosters a bit, and um, you don't see the Roosters rattle that easily. So if you can rattle them by just playing physical football, um, I think we'll see a few more teams Um try to adapt that approach and you might see the roosters struggle against some of these top teams well it's interesting because um the two fours papali and uh, tapani they just um, had a hell of a games on the weekend didn't they and now they're going to be joined by Nara Hara and ira and that's going to be a pretty solid um front row um yeah I mean, even the Hara and ira doesn't play in the front row it's going to be a pretty strong forward pack um you know you get your your, your captain and your skipper at, at uh, hodgson back at hooker and um see a solely older back well then you're going to have a hell of a team uh come 2021 so um and if, if of course not just 2021 in a couple of weeks if he's able to play this season then um they will be having um quite a quite a forward pack to go for the rest of the rounds yeah i i believe so i think um they they've been a bit off and on the last couple of weeks and i've been a bit harsh on them but they they showed some good resolve here and um I think a lot of teams will be worried about facing them now, especially you beat the Roosters, your confidence goes through the roof. So I think they'll, yeah, they'll build yeah, on Ricky's this. A, yeah, and Ricky's a good coach. Like I think, um, you know, if you look at the coaches that there are in the NRL, he, he's actually a really good coach and um, took him to a grand final last year. I believe he's won a premiership with uh, the Roosters. Is that right? So, Roosters, yeah, he's, yeah so he beat the Warriors. He's been there, done that. He's, he's coached, he's been in, in the coaching circles for quite some time, but, yeah, it was basically him backing his lads this week. Like, you know, he actually um, 
really did uh, back them by saying, I don't give a crap about what um, if people want to bag us. Um, and that really lifted the team in terms of they knew that um, he had their back. So um, that's an important thing when your coach is really in behind you. It does make you play uh, better on the weekend, I believe. Yeah, definitely. I think if um, the coach, the, if the coach is backing you, it, it gives you a little bit more um, oomph when you're out there on the field. Because um, there's the coach that sees all the hard work you're doing during the week and preparing. So them, uh, the coach of all people should know if your guys are up to task. And um, yeah, as you said, Ricky's a good coach. His players seem to want to give it 110% for him every time they go out there. So um, great to see them um, step up. I know um, Trent Robertson was disappointed in the performance by the Roosters, said it was um, uncharacteristic of them. They made a few more errors than they normally would. And um, I'm sure I, I feel sorry for whoever's facing them this week, which is unfortunately the Warriors, because I think they're going to come out um, and set an example um, of that was a one-off bad performance. Yeah, and just quickly before we move on to the um, Titans fixture against the Storm there, um, the, the Englishman George Williams had a great game. And, um, you know, the difference between um, – he was asked uh, of the difference between the Super League and NRL. And time and time again, we hear it. It's the pace of the game uh, and the quality of personnel they're playing against. So we really are discussing, um, you know, the best competition in the world here, folks, um, on New Zealand Sport Radio, your NRL uh, Rugby League fix. Now we'll move on to Friday night's fixture um, against – uh, the storm we had the titans going down six points to 42 um the return of cameron munster and the camerons really just pulled them apart brad yeah it um it was really just another day at the office for the storm um the titans they 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 started the game and looked like they were ready for um a fight but the by halftime it was just the storm were just into another gear and the titans couldn't keep up um, Cameron Munster definitely is a welcome return. He he really opened it up, and um, the forwards were just bullies. Um, Nelson um, Soyola, he got um, yeah, he got his first double of his career, and uh, unfortunately for the Titans, um, he was targeting um, Ash Taylor, and the size difference was laughable, and it was just too easy for him. Um, so it's it's good to see the storm go out there and actually put a team away that they should really put away. It, it, they didn't let the Titans think they had a shot. Yeah, the Titans are they're the worst team up the middle, um, defending up the middle in the whole competition. And of course, when you put someone like Asafa Solomona against Ash Taylor, the size difference, like you say, it's pretty much laughable. So they were just beaten badly up the middle. The uh, sorry, the Melbourne Storm they exploited it well, um, and yeah, there was just no there was no coming back from that. Look, um. Well, it was a pretty much a um, expected result. Uh, Melbourne are just quietly going about their business, and they're not making too many noises about it. No one's really talking about them. So um, I, I, you know, these guys are a dark horse. They're they're always there, thereabouts, year in year out. They're a very consistent side since entering the competition. I think way back in 1999. I think Taranika, in fact, was part of that um, inaugural side. So um, they have they have come all, come along in leaps and bounds even this year. Um, after the first couple of rounds after COVID, they did have a couple of losses, namely against the Roosters and the Raiders, I believe, in back-to-back -back weeks. So, um, yeah, uh, interesting. Um, uh, Cameron Munster's return, Cameron Smith playing better than he's um, played over the last couple of seasons, which is hard to believe. So, um, yeah, just watch the space in terms of the Melbourne Storm. But um, our second Friday night fixture, we had uh, absolute thumping. The Tigers taking out the Broncos 48 to nothing. 
Um, and, you know, we, we had quite a lot to talk about this one, Brad. Yeah. Um, uh, there's so much to talk about. I don't – the Broncos Maybe just seem to be a broken a quick summary about where the Broncos are at. Yeah, I think they're as far down as they've ever been. I think the one point in this game that highlighted how broken the Broncos are is uh, Corey Oates when he had that horrible leg injury where they thought it was a broken femur. It's not. Um, he was lying on the ground completely on his own. Um, so he was down in horrible pain. Not a single Broncos player went over to see if he was all right. Um, I've played football for many years, and if if one of your guys goes down and it looks really bad, at least the captain goes over and stays with them until medical assistance. So I think this team's broken. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. Um, like I said earlier, Seabolt, I don't see him there next year. So whoever, whoever comes in has got a big task of getting this team back together. Yeah, well, it was the Tigers' biggest win over the Broncos, and the Broncos are absolutely decimated. Um, they, they were like garbage on the weekend. I'm sorry to say, but they were appalling. Uh, it was it was a, a, a reality check after beating the Bulldogs last week. If they thought that was going to rejuvenate their season or rejuvenate their spirits, they got another thing coming. That was just a win, a very scrappy, poor win against a very uh, disappointing Bulldog side. Um, so yeah, the Broncos they haven't really done anything um, spectacular all season. Uh, ultimatum given to Seabold, obviously. He's contracted at the end of 2022, I understand. Um, I don't know how that's five years, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, win five of your last ten games or you're gone. Look, I think that uh, the writing's on the wall for him, regardless, even if he can win the last five games, they might just still get rid of him. Uh, you know, some of the stuff he's been criticised for this week, there's always something new. That this week, um, the signing of Brody Croft, he backed his own coaching ability and brought him across from Melbourne. He's not even making the starting side here in the Brisbane Broncos. God knows if he'll be an uh, NRL player uh in the long term and it looks like he isn't so um again you'd have to say that's a coaching error on behalf of Seabold and a costly one um he's not making the big calls i guess like mcguire is like you know this weekend anthony milford he's got to be dropped he's just playing some really poor football and um you know the scars are starting to appear for the brisbane broncos um in terms of this starting to affect the young the younger generation of the club They're having to come into one of their first seasons in this kind of environment and that kind of lingers with you as a player you know, like, I mean, obviously uh, you'd want to come into your first or second season, um, you know, within an environment such as, you know, the, the Raiders or the Knights or the, the Storm or, or, or the Panthers or the Roosters. So, yeah, unfortunately for Brisbane, um, it's just going from bad to worse. Yeah, and um, despite how bad they're playing, the Tigers played really well. Um, Billy Walters, oh, yes. he he finally came back in um, to the side after playing the, the first couple of rounds. And um, he's a gun for a young player, and um, I'm sure he's got a little bit of stick he could give his dad after beating the Broncos, since his dad's a big Broncos. And big scoring Broncos a try against them. Yeah, exactly. And um, Benji Marshall. Try. Yeah, his first try. And Benji Marshall, and um, he came out and, and fired as well. And um, showing, I think it's good. It show, For the Tigers, it shows those young guys that um, – Maguire's a hard taskmaster, and if he doesn't think you're up to it, he'll cut you, like he did with Luke Brooks, like he did with Benji. But Benji's showing that, you know, you, you, he tells you what you've done wrong. He said you keep missing tackles, you go away, you work on that. Um, I don't think Benji missed a single tackle in this game or in the, the previous game when he came off the bench. 
So he's shown that he's worked it. So it, it shows that when those experienced players take it on the chin and go off and improve their game and then come back, it's showing those young guys the attitude you need, which I think is going to help the Tigers in the long run. Yeah, obviously with Benji Marshalls, Walters, Brooks, uh, Reynolds, Little and Dewey, they're developing into a solid uh, unit there, and they've got a hell of a spine, this Tigers side. So um, keep watching them. Maguire, like you said, um, he's getting a lot of reps from um, his his players. Uh, you know, they're not afraid. He's not afraid to chop and chain, make the big tough decisions, like you said, and um, he wants the perception of the club to change. Obviously, I think ninth place um, has sort of been their average over the last couple of seasons. He's certainly doing um, his damnedest to change that. And, of course, Harry Grant, a bit of a revelation, and possibly, uh, to some degree, their best play. He's a real crowd, crowd favourite, sorry. And, um, yeah, out of the Melbourne system as well. So along with uh, Billy Walters, you know, there is um, there is a bit of, uh, you know, a bit, bit to be told about that Melbourne environment and um, players that come from there are generally of a good pedigree. So, uh, yeah, let's um, let's keep, keep, keep an eye on those Tigers who are getting closer and closer to sort of knocking over those teams between sixth and eighth spot. So... Hey, look, um, moving on to the Saturday fixtures, we had the Dragons um, beating the Bulldogs, in which was, again, uh, it was a victory for the Dragons, but uh, very much a nothing game, Brad. Yeah, it was a bit heartbreaking for the Bulldogs. It was 22-all with uh, a few minutes to go, and then a wayward pass from them went all the way out of the way, and they lost the game. So it was heartbreaking. It looked like they were finally going to at least go to Golden Point and have a chance to win a game, but... Um, Ultimately, they, they're just the confidence. When your confidence is up, you make mistakes. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, so that was unfortunate for them. But, um, hey, look, the Dragons keep their season alive on the other hand, and um, they're gonna, they bag another two points. It's going to be an interesting fixture this weekend uh, for the Dragons. We'll cover that off um, in our round 11 preview. Um, so, yeah, uh, look, uh, obviously, for the Bulldogs, Trent named as a Bulldogs coach. And like we talked about, um, you know, he, he wanted to keep Corey Hara and Ira. He's been able to do that. So um, let's see what he uh, can do from next year onwards. But um, and, and for the rest of this season, he is uh, the interim coach is just going to be in play. Is that correct, Brett? That's correct, yeah. They're just going to let the uh, the interim coach take uh, look over everything. Trent's going to be able to have a bit of a hands-on in the background about where they're going to go for next year. But, yeah, as um, just in discussions, not actually doing anything on the on the field for them. Um, I think it's a good signing. I think I, I listened to um, one of the NRL shows about as bad as the Bulldogs have been this year, you can't deny that they're, they've got heart in their defence and they're just attacking Spark, which Barrett has shown that the, the Panthers is something he can give them. So if he can keep that same defensive pressure and mindset that they've got now, add his little spark in there on attack, they could actually turn themselves around next year. Well, yes, let's see what happens to the Bulldogs. They're in a dire straits along with the Broncos and even the Warriors, you'd have to say, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll just have to keep an eye on them. Um, on, on the flip side, we had uh, the Rabbitohs and the Knights going head-to-head, and which was pretty much the closest game of the round, even beforehand. They were $1.95 playing $1.85 at kickoff. And unfortunately for myself, the Knights have stolen the show, Brad, and this is just an absolute shocker on my behalf because I had picked the Rabbitohs, even with that Latrell Mitchell, to come away with the points, and I needed that to try and get one up on you. But unfortunately, uh, the Knights have, um, you know, they've come away with it after Ponga, Kalen Ponga, played a magnificent game, um, setting up a few tries, and yeah, it was just 
back to his attacking best, really. Yeah, I think the only issue you could you could have with Ponga was his goal kicking. He he missed three conversions, which ultimately, if that game was an extra couple of minutes longer, could have cost them. Um, I picked the Knights in this one because Latrell wasn't playing, and you could really see that the Rabbitohs missed him. Um, he yes. he's not always out there scoring tries, but he's that he's just that little linking piece and helping set up tries, which was something they lacked quite a bit of, but. I think something that we've been talking about the last few weeks with the Rabbitohs is, as you saw in the last 15 minutes, when they just hit three tries back-to-back and then had a fourth disallowed, they can score points. They just can't hold on to the football. That's their biggest issue. They keep dropping it, making silly passes. So they've got attacking nous there. Wayne Bennett's just got to sort something out with their hands. Simple as that. They, they just need to learn how to hold the ball. Yeah, Damien Cook, obviously, like I've had his best or uh, well, last quarter of the game really last quarter his last best 20 minutes of his season I, I guess you'd have to say um in that in that uh defeat but hey look um yeah they're, they're missing a few players as well um and they'll they'll be getting those back as well so like um obviously besides the trail I think there's a few little injuries there as well so we'll keep you updated on that as well as, as the season goes on but um yeah they're looking they're looking a 50 50 side the Rabbitohs uh, you know like I had big hopes for them this year earlier on in the season I really did um but unfortunately they've gone down in these close encounters and um obviously like a little bit of ill discipline um has put uh you know the trail on the sideline and perhaps it could have cost him the two points in this one but hey a good one for the knights they were up 20 nil so um yeah it could have it could have really been a disaster to have lost from that position but they've held on i think now that's two wins in two games after that disappointing trip north a couple of weeks ago for the knights so they've got their winning streak back on track um and that leads us into uh, there, there was just one other thing about that game. There was something that was going on in the papers about um, a Pearson Ponga Pash. Now, I don't know what's going on over there, but um, something was yeah. also... Yeah, what was, that, what was all that about, Brad? Uh, so when um, uh, when Ponga scored his try um, and everyone goes and gives the high fives and the hugs after you score, um, Ponga gave Pierce a kiss on the cheek. Um, ah, I see. And uh, yeah, ever it was the biggest talking point from the game. Um, it's not the first time it's happened. They, I think, they showed on um, Maddie Johns's full show at the end of the week. They did a montage of all the times players have kissed each other on the cheek after scoring. There was one of Maddie and his brother Andrew doing it also as well. One of, so, um, also one of Benji and Scotty Prince um, back in the time. They used to do it quite a lot. Yes, so it's it's um yeah. wow, it's creeping into the game. <laughs> so yeah. we'll have to yeah, well yeah, just um just one of those things, I guess. Bit excited, heat at the moment kind of thing, and Ponga laid one on him. So good on him. Yeah. Um we'll, we'll go into our other Saturday fixture, which was the Sea Eagles uh versus the Eels of the uh, match of the uh, upset of the round at least, um in terms of uh, the, the the result. Um Penrith, uh, sorry, Manly going in victors twenty two points to eighteen against uh, Eels, who have basically been um, in the number one spot for 117 days now. So, yeah, really uh, going into second spot, uh, Brad Arthur was not happy. Um, three Conceded three tries in, in, in the 10 to 12-minute period at the start there. Uh, attitude wasn't there at the start. Soft performance. He was fairly blood and annoyed, to be honest, uh, with you, Brad. Yeah, and I think he should be. Um... I think the biggest problem, I know he came out and said it wasn't that they took their eye off the ball, but I honestly think the players thought the game was over before it even started going out. 
no Tommy Turbo. Manly looked horrible last week. They're not going to be able to play us. And I, yeah, I think the Seagulls kind of knew that people would have that feeling. And I think they wanted to prove a point that um, besides not having their best player, they could still go out there and um, play with the best. And they, the, despite the lack of star power, they they just played with grit and determination. And that's what got them through. Um, Jake Trevojevic, he, what can you say about him? He plays his heart out every time. Um, but he had a great game. And Cherry Evans had one of the better games I've seen from him in a while. I know there was a lot of pressure on him last week um, that it's not the Tommy team. He's a, he's a high caliber player and he needs to, to pull his weight. And I think, um, yeah, he actually stood up and um, he led the the team and um, he, yeah. Um, He showed his class. You know, like he, um, you know, this week uh, Hasler had sort of kept him away from the media, kept him focused, started talking to him on a, uh, you know, on a personal level. And, you know, this is what good coaching can do to um, a, a player or to a team. And Des Hasler, he's he's another fantastic coach. He's won premierships, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's won them with the Bulldogs. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like, you know, he, he basically just, uh, you know, took Cherry, Cherry Evans away this week and said, hey, listen, I don't want you to listen to all of that stuff that's going on in the media. I want you to focus on the task at hand. Uh, he's a world-class player and he he laid on a world-class performance. But yeah, just about Jake Trevojevic, I mean, he is a phenomenal uh, athlete, really. Like, he can basically play at 13 or 6, and that's for Manly or for the New South Welsh side or for the Kangaroos, for that matter. I, I think he'd slip into all three along with his brother. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's he's pretty much the stalwart at that club. And um, he proved on the weekend that, you know, he's he's definitely a world-class player. And, um, hey, look, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a good win for the Sea Eagles in, in the respect that they um, have still got an opportunity to prove something this year. So they really needed a performance like that, particularly after some really bad losses by um, teams that had just completely annihilated them because of their uh, injury woes. So I'm happy for the Sea Eagles um, coming away with the points. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a good shot on the arm for them for confidence, and um, they they will hopefully go on from that. But that takes us to the first game on Sunday, which was the Sharks defeating the Warriors forty six to ten, and a performance you could basically say it was the Sean Johnson show. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, obviously, um, but, you know, very disappointing game from the Warriors. Um, yeah, Sean Johnson had a cracker of a game. I really liked the hundred meter try that he laid on. Uh, for one of his outside backs. Um, but, yeah, he he basically, I think, two or three try assists, seven from eight with the boot, a try himself. Um, he really directed play well. He's now played well for the last two or three, two to two to four games, I'll say. And I'll, I'll say it's pretty much come after that Cooper, Con- Cooper Cronk comment um, that sort of basically um, said he was firing blanks. So, you know, he's, he's, he's starting to, you know, gel a lot more with Townsend and his outside backs at that club. You know, it was always going to take a little bit of time. Um, and I think he's starting to find his niche over there again. Is it was it a is it a is it a fantastic performance from the the Sharks or a disappointing performance from the Warriors? I would have to say the latter. Um, the Sharks were always expected, I like, perhaps, to to beat the Warriors. Um, I picked the Warriors purely on, I guess, um, loyalty. I'm not going to make that mistake twice. I think that you know, there's, I've been too loyal and I've lost out a game to you on the pick. So it's two games um, that I, I, I'll be behind at the end of this uh, round. But yeah, um, I think that the Sharks played well. I don't think uh, their, their defense, their, their defense, sorry, their defense was impressive in the win. But the Warriors just win in the yeah, race. and I think, yeah, I think that it's the the cliche that the 
if the forwards win up front, um, you win the game. And I think that was put on display here with um, the Sharks forwards. They they didn't have Fafita, which was a huge loss, but all their players stood up and they just bullied the Warriors and let the, the Sharks backline have fun. And you could see it. They were laughing and joking around um, like it was training and um, everything was going right for them. And um, pretty much. Yeah, the Warriors, I, I don't know. I know Todd Payton came out and labelled them soft, and I think that's a pretty, pretty fair description. Fair they, they, yeah, they had no, no attack. Um, the defence was woeful, and something that's been really concerning for me the last few weeks is their in-goal defence. We've mm. seen quite a few tries against the Warriors where people, uh, teams are putting a grubber through, and the Warriors seem confused. To, on what to do with the ball there, and um, well, they're not an organised backline, uh, are they? No, you know? and, um, and, and that's the problem. So, you know, like when you when you're playing, think, um, sorry, Brad, are you going? No, no. So uh, I think in that circumstance, um, I know they want to try to get that seven tackle um, set instead of just giving the ball back. But I think at the moment, especially when you're looking at the score that they were having against them, just dive on the ball or kick it out or do something just to make sure another try doesn't get scored. Yeah, look, I mean, hey, look, the, the, there's a raft of concerns at the Warriors at the moment. And I think if we try and fix everything in one week, um, we're going to be hugely unsuccessful. I think it's going to take a while for this club to sort of get back to where we want them to be and potentially even uh, to a premiership contender. Um, it might take a year or two before we even get to that level. But you know, there's always something that sort of drags the Warriors back down to reality, even after perhaps um, a couple of good years. We always seem to just go um, in, in a negative direction by the end of it. Like even with Kearney, uh, at the end of his tenureship, he ended up at 38 or 39%. We just hope that the next coach or the next coaching team, um, whoever that may be, can really um, make a difference at this organisation. It's a proud organisation. We've been going on for some 25 years. The other teams that have joined the same time of us have won premierships, except for the Gold Coast. So, you know, um, our time our time is coming. But, yeah, just a matter of when, 2030 or 2050. <laughs> so, hey, look, um, uh, we'll, leave the, we'll leave the Warriors um, for the time being and we'll, we'll, we'll head on um, to the rest of Sunday's fixtures. Uh, we had the Panthers um, beating the Cowboys in the last of um, round 11, around 10's clashes. And, um, you know, no surprises here. Panthers coming away with the points, 22 points to 10. Um, obviously, um, after the big news that... Uh, um, Obviously, afterwards, the big news, obviously, that Paul Green will be leaving the Cowboys. Yeah, so it's um, the fifth win in a row for the Panthers. And, um, yeah, Cowboys top showed... Table, no, sorry, top of the table as well yeah. after that win. Top um, of the, the table Pan and, yeah. And yeah, and, um, yeah, the Cowboys showed showed spirit and um, got a whole bunch of inexperienced guys. And they, they, they gave them more of a fight than I thought. Um, the Hammer... Um, I can I can never I can never pronounce his name properly. It's Hamiso Tabao Fidal. So I think the young guy that they got at fullback, he got a try of the match uh, or try of the year contender, sorry, where he evaded five Panthers on the way to the try line, just a solo try on his own. So it's good to see they got some young talent there that they can um, develop and hopefully they can keep sticking around. So um there, there are some good signs there for the Cowboys for the future. It's just the present isn't great for them right now. 
No, the cracks are appearing at the club. And of course, Jason Tamalolo, he can't do everything on his own. Um, he, he he just turns up week after week and he's a, he's a, he's a genuine leader and a genuine champion um, of this North Queensland side. And hey, look, um, we'll just have to see what happens in terms of the captaincy when a new coach comes in. But um, yeah, I, I'd potentially be heading um, with Tamalolo to skip of the side. Um, um, he's got a good following and, you know, uh, I think that that would be a, a wise move for the new cap, for the new coach to continue. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, the Panthers are, are I think, now the, the standout team. I think you can say they set the platform of what you're going to expect for, for the rest of the year. And Nathan Cleary is going from strength to strength. Um, they they don't panic under pressure. Um, if a team's giving them a bit more resistance than they expected, they just go they know the game plan. They just stick to it and know that points will come. And um, that's what we saw on Sunday. And that wraps up round 10, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And after 10 rounds of football, we are halfway through the regular season. Um, and the table looks a little bit like this. Brad, do you want to take us through the top eight? Yeah, so the top eight, we've got the Panthers, as we just said, in first place, followed by the Eels, the Storm, and the Knights for the top four, um, closely followed by the Roosters, the Raiders, the Tigers, and the Rabbitohs. Yeah, in the bottom half of the um, bottom half of the draw looks like this. We've got the Sharks, Sea Eagles, Dragons, and Cowboys um, in ninth through the twelfth spot. With the Warriors at thirteenth, fourteenth the Broncos, fifteenth the Titans, and of course the Bulldogs, who expect to get the wooden spoon this year, in sixteenth spot. Now, look, just out of those um, teams that are just on the fringe of the eight, I believe genuinely that we've got nine, ten, and eleven. I believe that those three teams are still contenders for the eight. So I'm saying from here onwards that teams. From 12 onwards, uh, no chance of making the top eight. So that includes the Cowboys, Warriors, Broncos, Titans, and the Bulldogs. I still believe the Dragons, Sea Eagles, and the Sharks have an opportunity. And I'm very interested to see um, what happens with the Dragons in particular. That is my dark horse so far of 2020. I I, I, had, I had a feeling about them earlier on when they were getting shellacked and McGregor was getting um, pulled apart and the club was going in a downward spiral. He made some changes. Um, you know, we've got obviously Hunt coming in in the hooking position. Um, and, and in the fullback, we've got Dufty. So, like, they are playing some good football. Um, they had a win against the Bulldogs. So, it'll be very interesting to see um, where the top eight finally lands. But as, as it stands right now, that's the table there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Which um, that may as well go into our, our round 10 picks and our, and our overalls. So, um, you got five out of eight this week. Not, not too great. And um, I no. just snuck through with six out of eight. So I got one ahead of you, which was that night's Rabbitohs fixture. So that gives us our running total. You've got 37 out of 56, and I've got 40 out of 56. So I've got a little bit of a lead on you. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, um, look, I was unfortunate that I dropped a couple of games, but um, I did take a bit of a punt there um, and a silly, um, silly choice in the Warriors. I... Again, the loyalty got the better of me, but um, I think I have to start realising now that, unfortunately, um, they are not going to be there or thereabouts come finals footy. Um, we'll go on to some viewer questions if we have any there, Paul. Um, not really, but uh, Simon has pointed out, yeah, that uh, um, the New Zealand Herald has backed up those rumours around the uh, Sonny Bill Williams, the Roosters, and uh, just an hour ago um, put an article up. Um, but, say, uh, yeah, nothing... Nothing to, um, no, no, yeah, nothing I think I've it's just rumors. He's going to be signed for the last four rounds, so 
is is I guess a question for you guys: Is there an, is there a minimum number of rounds that he has to play to be eligible for the final series? No, he can come in and play. No. He can come in and play the final series alone if 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 they wanted to. As soon as you sign a player and the contract states that he can start immediately, then he can play one, two, or all the rest of the games of the season. So, yeah, um, look, I mean, to be honest, the, the most wisest move I believe Sunnyville could make, and this is what I would be doing if I was him, I'd be going for one of those teams that is not looking the strongest at the moment, but one that could potentially win it. And, you know, it's almost set up for him to go to the Roosters. Let's be honest, that's his club. Um, after the Bulldogs, he played at the Bulldogs when he started. But as of, you know, at his later stages of his NRL career, he was at the Roosters. He won premierships, I think, with the Roosters. And they are not performing at the level of some of the other clubs right now. So you might see him at the Roosters, and that might just give them that edge to try and win a premiership. I mean, for, 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 for me, the only reason for him to come back and play is to try and get a, a, a premiership title. So add, add to his, there's no point coming Absolutely. back. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's got to be going for a title um, team. Uh, and uh, let's be honest, he didn't leave the um, the Bulldogs on good terms when he left, did he? Let's, um, so, uh, yeah, you say Roosters is his team, so that's where he would um, he would go. I'd say he'd end up there if he comes to the NRL. Yeah. Jordan mm -hmm. asks, why are so many coaches losing their jobs during an already bad economic time? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that is a good question. I think... I think I, I'm not too sure. Um, the timing, the timing sucks, but it's it's base, it's performance driven. So um, yeah, I don't think it's, yeah, I think Brad's right. It's nothing to do with the timing. It's just the performances have been woeful from those clubs. But I guess is um, and, can can clubs really afford uh, for for for, for where, where coaches just gone their contracts at the end of the season? I guess you can do, but for those longer contracts, yeah, can they really afford it? Um, and, and I guess is this standard for NRL? I'm not a I'm not a league um, follower. Well, so, would you normally expect to see four or five coaches losing their jobs in a season? No, you you probably wouldn't expect to see four or five coaches lose their jobs in a season. That's abnormal. But one thing I will say that is I think fairly normal, like with Anthony Seabold, like the longer he stays in this role, the more harm I think he's going to cause the club long term. And the club will then ask itself, the money that they have to pay him, is it worth it to sacrifice that harm if that makes sense, Brad? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, they're committed to paying him financially, but if they buy him out, would that serve the, the, the club better in the long run because of the stigmatism left by such an individual? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. That's what I think about it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think they've just got to weigh up the pros and cons. Is it easier to just cut the limb off and save the body or um, just let it fester, which is a horrible way to say it, but that's kind of the situation the Broncos are in right now. So there you go, Jordan. Uh, yeah, it's down to yeah, it's, uh, down to performance. It's not down to eco economics. Um, I'll hand uh, the show back to you guys. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Um, before we move on, I've got a question for you, Sanjay. So um, if it was all over now, who do you think would be in the grand final this year? And of those two teams, who did you think will win? Well, at the moment, as it stands right now, I thought it was 10 rounds of football and then we had the grand final this weekend. Without a doubt, it would be the Panthers versus the Melbourne Storm. Now, I know that's a bit of a shock considering the Eels are in second spot. We've also got the Roosters and the Knights um, nearby. Um, but I genuinely believe that 
this Melbourne side has played some amazing football over the last four or five weeks. Cameron Munster is now back. Cameron Smith is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I, I, I'd say a Panthers-Melbourne final this weekend with the Panthers taking out the Premiership, if it was to be this weekend. What about yourself, Brad? Nice. Um, we've got one thing in common. Um, we've both picked the Panthers, um, but I've gone with the Raiders instead of the Storm. Um, but Ooh. ultimately with the Panthers, the Panthers winning. Um, right, the Raiders, well. I, I, I do like the point we were just talking about Sonny Bill and the Roosters, but neither of us think the Roosters right now would be in the grand final. So it'd be a waste of time for him to come over and get that title. But um, yeah, I think the Panthers. Yeah, the Raiders have already got some good players, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how they're working with the cap for this. No, but you're right. I think at the moment, if you're, you know, I mean, if you've been watching the rugby league, um, if you've been following the NRL for the first 10 rounds, you you clearly see that the Panthers are, um, you know, the team to beat at, at this stage. Yes, the Eels have obviously had a great run, six in a row. 117 days at the top, but um, that's come to an end on the weekend against Manly. And of course, the Panthers, um, I think they th- gave them a great hiding a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, yeah. look, um, we'll, we'll go into round 10 preview before we wrap things up for you here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the standoff um, with Sanj and Brad. So, um, round 10 sees us kick off on Thursday night. We've got the Eels versus the Tigers. Um, $1.35 plays three twenty-five at Bankwest Stadium in Sydney. Brad, how do you see it? Yeah, I think the Tigers been good, but I think the Eagles, uh, Eagles, the Eels will um, itch them out here. Yeah, I think um, how angry Brad Arthur was, they better win on the weekend because he won't be a happy man um, if they come into the training sheds after the game, having lost against the Tigers. I think, yeah, the Tigers are on the improve. Um, and I don't think, I think it'll be quite close, you know. It's a, it's a traditional derby, you know, the um, the Parramatta's Eels versus the Tigers. It's a, it's a clash that's it's a local derby as such. So it'll be interesting to see that game on Thursday night. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going the Eels um, for that one as well. On Friday, yeah. we've got two fixtures. Um, the first one is Cowboys versus Manly. Cowboys paying two twenty-five to Manly's $1.65. I see the Cowboys going down um, after Paul Green's resignation and um, with the club in a little bit of disarray and crack starting to appear, I see Manly taking this one out, Brad. Yeah, I'm the same. I think Manly showed some, some good form last week and the Cowboys are... Are you there, Brad? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. So, yeah, I'm going with Manly. Right, sorry, just lost you there momentarily. So, Manly to take out that one on the weekend. Heading into Friday's uh, second game, no-brainer here. Melbourne Storm up against the Brisbane Broncos. If you're a betting man, they are paying $7 for the dollar for the victory. So, go and put your hundreds of dollars on the Brisbane's, you loyal, passionate Brisbane supporters. (laughs) Go, you good things, and get the money down because you'll be paying, you'll be getting paid in dividends if they can come away with the Drakes on the weekend, Bradley. Yeah, I think the only way uh, the Broncos will win this is if the Storm don't make it to the stadium. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the Storm here. Um, yeah, it's there's no way. I, I'll, I'll eat my hat if it if they lose this one. Now, you, mate, you raised an interesting point earlier, and I want to bring it up right now. You were talking about 100 points. Now, with these odds, mate, that's definitely on. We've got the Warriors paying $10 to the Roosters, $1.05. For a victory against the Roosters, now I don't, I, I know that I don't think they're going to beat the Roosters, but a dollar five suggests to me that we're in for a hell of a pounding um, at the hands of the Roosters on Saturday. How do you see it, Brad? What are we looking for? What are we looking at? I, I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I, 
I think the playing the Roosters at the best of times is hard, but playing the Roosters that just lost, um, oh, yes, it's it's not good. Uh, thankfully, it's at Central Coast Stadium instead of playing playing in completely Sydney City. in Sydney City. But yeah, I I don't think I don't think the Warriors are going to be um, coming out of this one looking good. Well, look, um, yeah, it doesn't look too promising. Um, but we move on to the other Saturday fixture. We've got the Sharks versus the Dragons, and which I'm calling one of the games of the round, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very uh, much waiting for this one. And I'm taking the Dragons at $2 versus the Sharks at $1.80. Brad, I know that you've gone for the Sharks on this one, but I'm going to back the up-and-coming um, Dragons side, and I'm going to back Hunt and Dufty to do the job against Johnson and Moylan. Yeah, I think it'll be a good matchup. A, a few weeks ago, you would have just told this down as a, an easy win for the Sharks, but yeah, um, picking the Dragons isn't a bad option. They I, they do have the talent to get there, but I think the Sharks, um, buoyed from the confidence after their win against the Warriors, will just edge them out. Yeah, but I mean, it's a win against the Warriors, mate. I mean, how much confidence are you taking away from that? I mean, you know, mind you, the Dragons just edged out the Bulldogs, so... It is, a, it is a battle for that eighth spot, I guess you could say. So it'll be an interesting one. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to seeing if the Dragons, you know, if they can make the top eight, you know, that'd be awesome for where they were at the start of the season. We're talking about all this negative stuff all the time. The Warriors um, with Kearney departure and the way that they're playing and all the raft of issues they've got. The Seabold saga up in Brisbane. The Dean Pay uh, fiasco down at the Canterbury Bank Sound. But this is a, one of the better stories. The Dragons coming back after a horrid start to the start of the season. So one of the more happier, joyous occasions that we can enjoy, um, and that is the, the Dragons. So let's see if they can pull one out against the Sharks. That leads us into Sunday, Brad. What do we have first and foremost on Sunday afternoon? Uh, we've got the Raiders paying $1.50 against the Rabbitohs. Um, I've gone with the Raiders in this one. I think um, the Rabbitohs, until they figure out how to hold on to the ball, they're going to struggle, and the Raiders looked really good last week. So it's hard to not pick them this week. Brad, I'm also going for the Raiders, okay? I'm not picking the Rabbitohs again um, this this week because they've let me down in a couple of weeks now. And um, Latrell or no Latrell, I don't see them getting past this Canberra side. I think that um, at GIO Stadium, Canberra are going to be very strong. Um, and, yeah, I mean, hey, let, let, obviously that narrow horror and Ira can't play uh, just yet, but man, if he could play this weekend, that'd be awesome. But um, that leads us into Sunday's uh, the final game of the round. Uh, we've got the Knights up against the Bulldogs again. No surprises here. Dollar um, thirteen to the Bulldogs, six dollars. Um, hey, look, I, I don't think there's much to be said about this one, except for how much are they going to win by? What are your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, same, same here. I think the Knights will win this one quite easily. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We've actually got another game left. Sorry, my mistake. Yes. I've forgotten but, I have indeed. Um, which I'll go into now, but um, you've forgotten it because it's already uh, a result, I think, which is the, the Titans paying $7 against the, the top of the table, Panthers paying $1.10. So you forgot it because the Panthers have probably already won it. Yes, yes. Um, no, fair enough. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be, I think, a one-sided affair, that one. Um, of, of course, we're going to have to see a Penrith with no Coruscant. Uh, no Fare and no Walker. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on um, with their injury concerns. But I don't think that um, that's going to be, a, 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 you know, a factor in the result. I think that they've got enough depth there. Clary's still on the pitch. Bulk of their team is playing well. So um, their go forward is just unstoppable at the moment. So go the Panthers. Um, and so obviously for round 10, the only difference is that Dragons and Sharks game. We're picking pretty much the yep. same 
throughout. So there's not an opportunity for me to take over uh, this week, but there is an opportunity for me to gain one back up on you as I am three behind. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see at the end of round 11 uh, what where, where we stand. Um, in the overseas game, uh, Brad, um, just a little bit around the Toronto Wolfpack again. Yeah, so um, the Toronto Wolfpack have ruled themselves out of the rest of the Super League season. Um, I know officials aren't happy with the late notice, um, but as Simon has has kindly put up here for us, um, they had no help from uh, the Super League. There's been a lot of complaints from clubs about the Super League with their lack of communication. I think they've been pointing at the NRL and Peter Volandi, who was constantly talking with the clubs and to the public about what's happening where Super League, as we've said the last few weeks, they're going, I think they're starting. I don't know when they're starting. I don't know who's playing. That's not because I haven't been looking. That's because the uh, the officials up Northern Hemisphere haven't been giving information. So um, that's um, played a big factor in them pulling out and financially as well. Um, there's rumours that they might not be included next year. They might be dropped down to the championship as a kind of punishment from the officials, um, which will be interesting to see what happens. But um, as um, Simon said there, there was a lack of certainty over the promotion relegation, but the Super League's come out and said there'll be no relegation this year, um, which is good for those clubs. Um, And yeah, obviously Wolfpack players have been given permission to go and find a job for this year, um, which is why the Sunny Bill stuff's all been um, talked about. Um, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, uh, next week and the, and the following, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated. But um, I think that pretty much wraps it up here on New Zealand Sport Radio for another week. Thank you for joining us here on uh, The Standoff with Brad and Sanj here for Season 1, Episode 8. We really enjoyed your company, and we hope you tune in next time. Thank you very much, and good evening. Good evening. 